I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam here with Bowhunter Chronicles, back after a little break for Easter. Um, just want to say thanks to everybody for listening, and if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please hit that subscribe button, and if you feel like it, um, be sure to give us a review. Uh, that really helps us out um, and lets us um, get in front of more people. Uh, you can also find us uh, on Facebook and Instagram, just look for the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And also be sure to check out our affiliates, uh, Bowhunter Box Club. Bowhunter Box Club is the only subscription box aimed specifically at bowhunters. Each month for 40 bucks, you'll receive about $60 worth of bowhunting related items. So it's like Bowhunter Christmas 12 times a year. They also offer a VIP pass-through club that enters you into a raffle each month where you win great prizes like bows, hunting trips, they've given away a camp chef. Um, so all that's available at bowhunterboxclub.com and you can you can save 10% by using code CHRONICLES. And then also be sure to check out Serviceide.com. Serviceide has great uh, deer hunting lifestyle apparel, lone wolf tree stands, trail cameras. Um, they're now a, a dealer for Tacticam, so you can find all the Tacticam-related products. Um, and then they also have a YouTube page, Deer Slayer TV, and they can find reviews, uh, hunting tips, how-tos, um, and as well as a ton of different hunts um, over there at the, the YouTube Deer Slayer TV. And then on the website, if you see something that you like, um, you know, remember you can also use Chronicles, uh, the, the coupon code there for 10% off. So um, just want to say thanks again, and I uh, hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hey everybody, Adam and John back today with uh, some more story time with Uncle Frank. So we've been we've been spending so much time and energy, everything, uh, getting into this uh, elk hunt. I mean, it's like I mean, if you were to come over here right now and look around, there's elk calls and bows and packs and and maps and it, just everything laying around. And you know, for everybody here in the Midwest and most people, I guess. 
sane people. Um, they're starting to get ready for, for turkey season. And um, some people are well into their turkey seasons right now. Um, we're getting ready to talk to um, the guys from Chase and Tails podcast. They're down in Florida uh, complaining about the weather and the birds shutting up because it's too cold. And <laughs> it's it's in the 30s and 40s. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk to them about that. Um, really good guys. So if you're not listening to um, Chase and Tails, uh, definitely go check them out. Walt and Leighton are great guys, and they're they're fun to listen to. But um, yeah, we just want to want to kind of get into, you know, back to to kind of what we we started this thing for. Um, you know, we are uh, the Bowhunter Chronicles, so kind of like about the stories and things that we've we've done along the way um, for uh, that uh, maybe legacy piece when uh, Uncle Frank's not around to tell his stories anymore, or, or you know when we uh, when when we're here. You know, you, you tell them so many times, and and they they change over the years. So we'll kind of kind of see if we can get some of them. So we had talked about the the hex suits, and uh, still still getting those. We're not we're not hunting for uh, another month here, but we do need to get those ordered. Uh, right. John was just talking about those uh, a minute ago about for <laughs> for elk hunting of all things. Right? Yeah, so, that's, I got elk on the brain. Yeah, I'm teaching my daughter how to call elk, or maybe she's teaching me how to call elk. But yeah, I think she actually might be better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably. You guys true. might have to take her with you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been carrying her around in my pack, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely uh, part of the training process. But um, Frank was talking about earlier uh, before we we got the mics going about uh, kind of getting messed up on public land, so we. <laughs> We do uh, a fair amount of uh, hunting on um, private land for turkeys. Just the way that the the licensing is set up here, um, north of us is for the season that we chose, and and the way that it is north of us is is public land or all uh, the whole state of Michigan. Um, but from where we live in South, it's got to be um, private land. So uh, it's it's kind of a mix. And, um, the, the place where I had outlined, um, Frank calling in the Turkey and me falling asleep and, and, uh, ultimately shooting, I think the first real big Turkey, um, that was, that was public land a little bit North of here, but, um, we were talking about getting messed up and I was going to kind of save this story for the guys, uh, for chasing tails because of, you know, all the the outdoor podcasts out there. I love to give Walt a hard time because he's never killed a turkey and he's, <laughs> he's really, really going after it pretty hard here. And so I, I wish him nothing but the best, but, uh, yeah, I was out there in that exact same spot, um, where I had killed that turkey and it's a piece of public land and it's the, the road basically dead ends into where I like to hunt. So it's not like I'm going in there way off. I mean, everybody can see, uh, and that, kind of ended up the problem on on this day so i was i was in there um on friday night after work and uh just looking trying to trying to roost the birds which is something like we don't we don't generally do but um, not much anymore no no they were they were definitely there um and there was another guy sitting there uh shooting woodchucks uh with 22 250 um (laughs) right there and the turkeys were out there in the field went over and talked to him he, i said you're gonna hunt those turkeys he said no 
no, I'm just, I just like to be out here. You know, it's public land. The guy's got a gun. I was like, well, you know, <laughs> you go about your business there, bud. Um, but so I went back the next day with my dad and, uh, the turkeys were roosted in a little different spot. I mean, the, the, Tom was gobbling on the roost and, and we went in there and, and snuck in this little fence row and sat down and I was trying to video it and ultimately messed it up. Um, well, I thought I had messed it up. The, the hen got maybe within like 10 feet of me and then started alarm putting because uh, I was moving the camera on her. And my dad was like, I don't know, 30 yards out the other way. I was calling for him and the hen came right to me. And I thought we'd, we'd screwed it up. And um, so we backed out of there and kind of circled around and got into this little blind. And uh, those turkeys came right back out almost to the exact same spot where we were at, that fence row, which was about 60, 70 yards out in front of us. And he was just strutting there all all day. I mean, for hour. And I, I got out of the blind, crawled back, and actually called in another turkey from behind us who came right up right up to us and seen me moving around and took off and uh and it was it was time to go we uh had to go to my cousin's wedding that day so i told my dad i said i'm gonna go back there tomorrow morning and kill that turkey he said no no you're gonna be too hungover you're you're not gonna make it um so i went out there the next morning and it was windy it was terrible i mean it was couldn't hear anything got out there and usually the turkeys are gobbling right on the roost and I can figure out where I, I think they're coming from or whatever. And, uh, they, there was nothing. So I went and sat down in that blind and got the, uh, got the camera going, called. I was out there for an hour, hour and a half. It was well past daylight. And, uh, all of a sudden, like maybe like 500 yards out and I guess how far away is that road, Frank? Would you say? Um, yeah. If you're uh, you're down on the end there, yeah, yeah. That's at least three, four hundred yards, anyways. Yeah. So, so basically, it's this plowed field um, that the the DNR does, or or somebody, yeah. right? Well, they they, they contract it to they yeah. lease it out. Yeah, and then it, it goes right into this the the ro- the road ends and makes a curve, and then it goes out into some other farm fields. So. I mean, there's a there's a road right there. Anybody can see. Then I had the decoy set out and everything. Well, right down there, all of a sudden, I had picked up something black down there on the other side of the road. I didn't have any binoculars or anything, but I had the camera, so I zoomed way in, and and it was a turkey. So all right, here we go. And uh, so I kept on calling, and he kept on coming. And every time I'd call, he'd fan up a little bit. And, gobble and he kept on kept coming and then he got maybe 60 80 yards across the road and a truck went by and i thought oh man that's but he didn't he didn't care he just kept on walking and he he moved over towards kind of where he was the the day before we were where he was roosted on the other side but he's still coming right right to my decoys and uh you know this is taken you know 10, 15, 20 minutes. I mean, but the turkey's right there in the open field. There's nothing between me and him and the decoy, except for my decoy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I got him. He's, he's coming on a string and he gets out there about 80 yards and, uh, he, 
he freaking starts to move. Now now he's moving like with a little bit more purpose away from the, the fence row that I was in the other day. And then because of the the speed of sound versus the speed of light, I ultimately see the turkey turn and, you know, kind of jolt one way. And then I hear, kaboom! <laughs> well, somebody had parked right next to my truck, snuck up that same fence row that I was in the day before, and shot him. Uh, shot at him. It was about 60 yards away from where he was. And I've got the whole thing on video, and I'm going, what? Yeah, there were de- there's definitely some choice words on the video. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And when I went back home and I watched the video, I can see the guy in the in the fence row when after he shoots and the turkey actually runs right to where the guy shot. And I can't believe they didn't cross paths at, at some point, but I see the guy roll back into the, he looks down at me and then he rolls back into the bushes. And so I, man, I packed up all my gear and I went back and the guy was standing right by my truck and he's just looking at me. And I, I said, did you see my decoys? Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear me calling? Yeah. I said, Okay. I'm not your guide, buddy. Yeah, Doesn't make any difference on I said, public land. I said, so. how, how how far away was it when you shot? 60 yards? He said, yeah, about 50, but he wasn't getting any closer. No, he wasn't getting any closer because he was Coming on to a me. string. Coming to the decoys. <laughs> so, I mean, when, when you're hunting on public land, you know, we had talked to the guys from the hunting public, and, you know, we watch, we're all into this, uh, this elk stuff right now, and we're watching those guys, and, they they both don't seem to care when they run into people. They just are super like uh, I, I, humble's not the right word, but they're just you know just nice to them. I guess it's it's everybody's land, but I mean when things like that happen, uh, that that's kind that's, of frustrating. That's almost I mean that right there is kind of crossing the line. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I mean I you know they take the they take the attitude. Those guys take the attitude of you know we're just going to go a little farther or a little. You know, farther away from these guys. That's all. Yeah. Or use them to your or to their advantage. Right. Okay. Right. These guys are sitting here and they're you know stinking up the woods and right. the deer are still going to be moving or whatever. But with a turkey call, turkeys, it's a little different when you see the whole setup. Obviously, that guy seen it and he just cut you off. Is yeah. all. Yeah. Well, he was using me to his advantage. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> you were his but, guide. But yeah, uh, you, two days or three days. You know, so did he? He didn't kill the no, turkey. No, he didn't kill no, the turkey. That, I, that's the turkey. only thing. Like I kind of take solace in the whole <laughs> fact is like at least he didn't kill it. Because, and I don't know if I would have been any like more angry if he killed it. Maybe I would have been at least happier that I would have like at least seen the. Well, if it would have been his first one, yeah, you know, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, and it wasn't a kid. It was yeah. a gray-haired man <laughs> with a beard. Yeah. You know, and sure. but I didn't. I didn't say anything to him. I just asked those questions. You know. And, that was, those were the answers I got. And I said, okay. And it's a good spot. It doesn't stop me from, from hunting there, but well, it's, it's definitely hunt. something I, I take into consideration. I used to hunt that spot a lot too. And I got sick of all the, the BS that went with it. Cause you'd sit there, same thing, sit there. And then all of a sudden guys come in and it just, it's too frustrating to. You, you know, I mean, you have to change your whole whole attitude, I think, you know. The more now that I watch these guys, you know, the hunting public, you know, I, I see a, a different, you know, this spot has been good for how many years? Forever. Yeah. Yeah, you know. for a lot of years. 
ever. You know, I mean, when I was a young young man, I used to hunt that. And, right. You know, it was always the same. You know, but the thing of it is, now I hunted it this last year, and I went into where you used to go mm-hmm. from the east side, right. walked all the way to the the center. Yeah. And I never saw another person in there, and that was during gun season. You know, yeah. well, like during. I mean, I think one of the last hunts I had out there, which, I mean, it, it's going to happen on public land. It was the, it was two days, it was the last two days of bow hunting. And, you know, so November 12th, 13th, oh, yeah, you get 14th. Season. And I had seen some nice bucks in the spot. And it was, I mean, it was quite a walk. I mean, it wasn't like a super long walk, but it was, I was off the, the trail a ways. And so... I'm back there and it's like prime time and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear crunch, crunch, crunch. And I look and I'm like, oh man, here comes a clown. <laughs> and then he had like, uh, I don't know, he had like an old Carhartt suit on and he's dragging his chair like mm-hmm. what you were saying earlier. and uh, Stool, he had a stool. And then I'm like, and he comes and I saw so a whistle. You know, and he sees me, so he walks like another sixty yards, and then sits down, like, and then waits, you know, like fifteen minutes, then gets up and walks back out. I'm like, well, I might as well pack it up. It's prime time, and, and that's kind of. I mean, I guess you can get frustrated, frustrated, and quit, or just you know try to get deeper, or, or just deal with it. Well, but you see that that. Missouri hunt that the hunting public had, and Zach right. talked about it. You know that those guys had that the guy get down from his stand, right, and walk over and to walk him. over to him right at right at prime time, and they could have killed that that buck. It just wasn't the one that they were they right. were hunting. So yeah, that guy. You, I mean, never that guy knew what he was doing. He was he, that was a intentional screw up. You know, he walked over at prime time. You know, trying to be cool about it, whatever. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. That's my my thought on it was. He walked over and told him how many deer he's killed in there and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but yeah, back to mine, it was like, so I got out and I walked back out and I get to my truck and here comes this other, this, here comes a kid walking from the other direction. And same thing he had, like, he had, like, he had just got out of the garage with a Carhartt suit on and was covered in grease and oil. <laughs> and he walks up and his bow, I look in his quiver and he's literally got three arrows and they're all different, like different size diameters, everything like 22, 30, an orange and a freaking black one. And I mean, literally different heads. <laughs> and, and he walked up and he's like, yeah, uh, my dad is out there. Did you happen to see him? I'm like, was he carrying a stool? And oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, we're just getting ready for gun season, you know. I'm like, <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I seen him. He should be coming out any second. Well, there's some. I mean, on on that same note, there's something really um, good about that too, because on on that same piece of public land, I hunted. Um, I don't know, it was like the second or third weekend of, of bow season. I knew that there was going to be a bunch of people out there, and I knew the spot that I was hunting was – there are people that don't necessarily go up. And this is this is bow hunting for, for whitetails. But, I mean, I had the opportunity. I had 10 come right by me, and 
could have killed some does and there was a spike or something. But walking out, I ran into this like family. It was like this little girl, um, her dad, her brother, and then like her uncle and uh, her uncle had shot one and she shot her first deer and the, you know, so I got to see like the, the excited, um, you know, first time hunter, you know, getting out there with their family and just like the joy that was in there. You know, if you sit on your own piece of property and you, I mean, I guess I, I look at some of these people that have these deer that are all named and all this stuff and they're just waiting for this one or this one. And it's, uh, I talked about it before and it's an ongoing thing that the, the three of us talk about is that there's a lot of selfishness in, in hunting, um, especially deer hunting. And that's one of the things I've liked about, uh, dealing with this elk. It seems like Western hunters are so much more pleasant. <laughs> I mean, you talk to people and everybody wants to help you out. Um, you know, to some degree, but I feel like there's some of these people that sit on their own little piece of property, like Mr. Burns with their, their little fingers. Right. And they're just looking at, look at all my deer. These are all my deer. And it's like, you don't get to see that, that excitement anymore. It's just like a matter of time before I'm going to kill that one or right. this one. Or Yeah. Well, that that's what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you've known that, you know, I, I was, I've been really picky over the years, haven't I? Yeah. But you, you at least, you at least send an arrow by him to let him know that you're watching. <laughs> yeah. You, you send the herd of the mutants. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, this is my philosophy. If you were going to wait for them deer to, to grow up, you know, uh, not out there, they aren't, you know, you get an opportunity, you better take it, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I learned from Frank long ago was bow hunters the quote bow hunters are opportunists that's right and you got to get an arrow in you gotta get an arrow. they're like coyotes <laughs> <laughs> that's how coyotes feed the same way but. now we were we are we talking about that though with that uh that turkey now didn't you have a situation where you were you you and another guy had shot a turkey same turkey and it was who who oh, shot yeah, it yeah that was that. That was actually one of the first birds. That was the first bird I ever ever killed. I think, or you know, split or whatever. <laughs> you know, ended up well. And and the bird got called in, and I I was shooting a borrowed gun because you know it was a three inch twelve, hadn't patterned it or anything. So one of them deals, you know, were and this was this was a big turkey, you know, and it was. Uh, really a high, high level of excitement, you know. And at the time, the bird came to us, and I thought thought he was coming straight in, but then he got over and he crossed his two-track, and he got up on a, to the left of us on a little ridge there. And uh, I just figured it was time to shoot, you know. And when I shot, he rolled, but then he got up, you know, well, not being experienced at turkey hunting, you know. I, I was going to shoot again, you know, and... and didn't have a real good shot, so I just told the other guy, shoot, you know. Well, he did, and, and the bird went down, you know. But I didn't think the bird was going to go anywhere really anyways. I mean, he was pretty screwed up. Well, then it ended up later in the day, when we get back to the truck, this thing is uh, 23 pounds, you know, 10 and a half inch beard, inch and, a, inch and like quarter spurs. At the time, it was a state record bird, you know. And uh, he goes, well... Who's going to take the bird? And I go, well, 
I didn't think there was any, you know, question question about it. I, you know, I shot him first, you know. Well, you know, yeah, but you know, then I, I put him down, you know, and I'm going, well, yeah. I told you to shoot, you know, <laughs> but you know it was one. Of the, it was a, more of a safety issue, you know. Right. But anyways, it, it ended up to a coin flip, and I lost the coin flip, so I lost the bird. Really? It wasn't my turkey? Yeah. Huh. So that was. Uh, so was that the last time you hunted with that guy? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. Uh, that was a pretty much a done deal there, you know. But yeah, you live and learn, you know. And like I say, I, it could have went, you know. Could have went either way. I I don't know, but I I know the turkey would have been dead. You know, if I'd have took another shot, but I didn't. I just let him shoot. You know, that had to have been like in the infancy because that doesn't sound like a. I mean, the spurs are. Pretty... Oh yeah, that bird at the time was you know like I said, today it's nothing you know yeah. compared to you know inch and back, a quarter back then inch those. and a quarter. Uh, it might have had inch and a half inch and a half spurs. It was big. It was a big bird. That's but what, uh, it was, it, you know, nowadays, I mean, my God, we got birds, you know. Yeah, I posted a video you, you on. You know, we, we were talking about the weather, Adam. Yeah. Affecting these birds. You were talking with your buddy down south. Mm -hmm. Well, we had a spot down the road from my house where how many times strutting this guy's yard? Yeah, so I, I posted a video on Instagram, um, and that was, that was just three of them. But uh, there's got to be close to a dozen. Oh, easily. And uh, the with those big, there's what there's four big, big toms, mm -hmm. and there's a there's a bearded hen uh, yeah, with right. them. Uh, and I I I I shot a bearded hen once, yeah. um, and uh, didn't really know that they even existed. Oh yeah. Um, so I I was looking at her pretty hard. I was like, well, you're, that's you're in Michigan's trouble. Law. Michigan's lost his bearded turkey. Yeah. It doesn't say tom turkey. Yeah. It says bearded turkey, so you can shoot a hen with a beard. Because they are, you know, there there are hens with beards. Yeah, so. I didn't know they existed though. Yeah, I I saw a beard. I had the camera going, <laughs> and I thought, well, it's coming right to me. I saw that there was another turkey that had a beard that was much bigger, but I thought, bird in the hand, one in the bush, you know. <laughs> and I got over there, and it was very small, size of a rooster. But we were talking about <laughs> the weather change. These birds have been in this guy's yard every day, you know, this spring. So far, every day, right. And now we got six inches of snow. There was nothing in that yard this morning. They were over there yesterday. They weren't when there I, today. When I went home, yeah, they were over there. They were in the back. They weren't yeah. in his driveway. But, but, but snow is about the only thing that really affects our turkeys up here. In real heavy rain, real yeah. heavy rain will put them. They'll just stand there underneath a tree for a while. But other than that, you know, they're they're pretty much all over the place. Yeah, I see them over on you know. The other route, and those get those birds are crossing the road and they're sitting on the fence. And, yeah, there, uh, there's some big turkeys over there too. But you know, I it's funny because it, it's funny to me to think that that there's people out there that have hunted turkeys and like maybe haven't seen one or have never called one in, and the fact that Michigan like we really didn't have turkeys they reintroduced them right and they are everywhere oh yeah and no. it's not uh it's it's nothing to see at, at least where we live you know a dozen two dozen turkeys every day right somewhere between m my home and my work and i work 
right next to a highway across the street from a hospital. And I've had Tom turkeys in my drive through, right. you know, yeah. right yeah, in, in the town. cement, right in town. So it, to have to, you'd either have to be like in some sort of really rural area or have like a really small amount of turkeys or something. I don't know. Cause we have, we've got turkeys everywhere. Right. Well, that's what I think we might've talked about this before, but well, back when I started hunting turkeys, I mean, we, it was quite the ordeal. I mean, we'd get up oh, yeah. four in the morning, three in the morning, have to drive an hour and a half north. And I mean, it was like, and we'd spend all day driving around and, right. you know, we'd try to locate birds. And then back then that's when the, we had to, the, the time cut off. You yeah. can only hunt to what, like four or four thirty. Four o'clock in the afternoon at four thirty, I think it was. So then we'd drive around and just scout and look for, you know, birds and I mean it it was You do that two, three days in a row, man, I'll tell you what. You were ragged, you know. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what to me that was so much fun. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was, you know, yeah. a teenager, you know, and going up and being up north and and then now, you know, I'm living in, you know, I walk out my back door and sh- there's a flock of birds walking. I'm like, well, right. eating off my feeder. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and so, I mean, again, back to that, that can't believe that a, a 10 and a half right. inch right. bearded turkey was the, the, well, yeah, well, the back record. Then, yeah. And how many were getting hunted, how many were the, actually here, and how many were getting reported. But with the... That, that bird actually came uh, probably about... Three miles, four miles from your cabin up at Baldwin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But yeah there's that, a bunch of turkeys up there. Yeah. Back then, too, it was a complete lottery, wasn't it? I mean, um, there was no real over-the-counter. Yeah, and you'd put in with a with a partner. Partner, You had, up. you know, twice a chance, you know. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it was a, it was a draw. Yeah, because I know? remember there was years where, like, I didn't get a tag or, right. you know. Right, And so we'd team up and be like, yeah. you and my dad got a tag or, yeah. you know, now... I mean, they still have the draw for the early right. seasons and right. stuff like that. But then, we're like what we're hunting. We got a whole month. We just go buy our tags over yeah, the counter. That's, I think that's the smartest way to do it, you know, because you have you have the length of the season. You know, yeah. there's a bit more leaves yeah. on the trees. Yeah, and, and you run it. You run into problems with bugs and oh yeah, you know, but ticks. <laughs> still, you know, you've got you have to look at it. How many times, even in the last couple of days of that season. And we've got birds gobbling and, you know, coming oh, yeah. in, you know what I mean? I think they become, you know, like when the hens start nesting, you know what I mean? The the, the birds free up, you know, and uh, you get more chances. And they're, I, th- I think they're somewhat easier to pattern because they don't get hend up, I think. Right. Or if they are. I mean, last year, it was like the last day of the season, um, and I end up with a, with a shotgun missing. Um, I missed a, missed a Jake, but these birds were there in this exact same spot every day at, at noon and they were in the middle of this field. So, I mean, we crawled for 150 yards and got on this point and just call, I ended up calling them right over. And then as soon as, uh, as soon as I clicked the safety off on the gun, they all perked, perked up. up and, uh, I was just using that Mossberg 500 cause I, I couldn't, I don't, I don't remember why I didn't grab the 10 gauge from your house. You were out of town. That and, wouldn't uh, make any difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why I didn't. I mean, you filled enough turkeys with that gun. Yeah. I mean, you've <laughs> yeah. I don't, but so I just grabbed a regular three inch, uh, Mossberg 500 with, a with just a regular, I think maybe a full choke 
Oh. And so I hadn't patterned the gun or anything. And they weren't far away. I don't I don't know what happened. I seen feathers and I jumped up and racked another one in and it was kind of like when me and Chris when when Chris messed up on that big one, but oh, yeah. he jumped up and there was turkeys flying everywhere and I pulled a gun up and the kid who I was hunting with said, "That's not the one." And then by the time I got on the one he said they had all flown away. So Too but late. it was it was exciting to say the least, but that was the last day of the season. And then, yeah. I mean they're they're still there. They were still gobbling, answering calls. Um I killed that bearded hen on the last day of the season and that was you know that same but it, it's a lot hotter there's a lot of leaves on the trees so that little bit of breeze makes it uh hard to hard to hear yeah it uh, was it was you know back in the day though when we when we used to turkey hunt like that that was an experience man that oh was, yeah you was, know the, the total deal or or when i take my daughter too you know <laughs> when she shot her first bird you know what did she appreciate the most about the whole the whole thing? Uh, gas station breakfast pizza and, <laughs> and coffee with dad. Coffee, and we get it. We get a donut once in a while too, you know. <laughs> but this year is going to be. I mean, last year we we hunted with the uh, with the bows, but we didn't hunt super hard. Oh, you know. So, no, uh, so you guys have a little bit more of a free free schedule than I do. Are you guys planning on? Getting out there that first Monday? Oh, I, yeah, I'm in for anything, man. I, you know. Yeah, I haven't. I'll go film Johnny. And, yeah. You know. Well, you're or, gonna have to call. Well, I'll call in film. You know. <laughs> I'm up for for whatever. Just you know, we've got a pretty good spot. You know. The yeah. One. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think that's one of the things too with with hunting with a bow. It's a there's a lot more that goes into it oh, because yeah. you got to bring the. Unless, well, we'll see with the new hex. We'll, we'll see might, with the yeah. suits. Well, you know, maybe that'll be our. You know, maybe that's the, what we the, should do. The we initial, should, initial tryouts yeah. will uh, will be just. Don't take the bring, blind. Yeah, just set know. my stool up and get on the edge of that thicket. And the stuff I've been watching, man, I'm telling you, if it's if it holds true, these guys are sitting in a in a freaking lawn chair. You become know, become the, the what know? is it? The bow hunting ninja. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, I'm really a cynical, cynical guy. So. Well, here's the thing. Like, we have a whole month, and like you said, Frank and I have more time. Yeah. And we can go try this stuff out. If, we, right. if it doesn't work out. If it out, doesn't work, you know, hey. Hey. So no what? Deal. So, you know. But with limited opportunity, I mean, I wouldn't want to go and do that. When we're going out to the hunt elk. I wouldn't be trying some crazy yeah. shit out there. I mean, be. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I love killing turkeys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And deer too, you know, and but I've I've shot enough of them to, you know, it doesn't matter if I I don't have to kill one, you know what I mean? Right. I'd like to. I mean, that's to me. It's getting. I mean, for one, you know, like when we hunted back way back with the guns and all that, and did all the, you know, the traveling and stuff. That was awesome. And I kind of lost interest because then all of a sudden there was like I said, birds everywhere. Right. right. And it was pretty much a given. I mean, not a given, but it was pretty easy. Go out with your to shotgun. To get opportunity. Oh, yeah, to sure. get an opportunity. And if you didn't really screw up, you're you're going to get a bird. Well, then I started hunting with a bow. And that got, you know, it sparked my interest again. And it was like, man, this is, you know, these suckers got to be close. And you, oh, yeah. you draw them back. You got the tent. and You got to watch it, yeah. you know. And so then, but now with the, the hex, it's even, it's even more intriguing. Well, it's and... Like, and- Th- that being said, like right before we started recording here, we were talking about uh, 
we were talking about Frank's bow. So um, <laughs> Frank is going to have a really hard time because he's either going to be shooting a Samic Sage recurve <laughs> or um, we got to get a cam ordered and uh, and get your draw length changed. I'll shoot that recurve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be out bow. there with the, with the hex suit right. and the recurve. It's like... 60-inch longbow, or a 60-inch recurve. We're not sure if Frank shrank a little bit, or the bow grew, or... I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, after looking at his, the shooting form and stuff in our leagues, the the draw length is a little too long, so we're going to get him a new cam order. And that's the one, it's a Matthews Helium. Yeah. And it's a great bow, but the problem with that is it's draw length specific cams, so... You have no, no modules. Yeah, there's no change, and so we're gonna end up ordering a, a 27 inch cam. And you may be thinking, well, it's an older bow. There's got to be cams out there. Nope. Wait, Frank's left-handed. Yeah, so, that's another thing. So, so there are cams. Um, uh, you can buy. You can buy like 20, 28s, 29s, 27s in right-handed. Yep. You know, all day long. You know? But. It's got to come from Matthews yeah. for a for a so, left-handed. Yeah. So we're gonna have to get that order, and then I'll build the strings and cables for it. And, and that yeah. might have something to do with it too. You know, I've never had anything changed on that bow since the, you know I've got it. So right, you know. Well, those strings and I mean, they're they're that comes with the zebra twist. I'm pretty sure, which is like uh, patented by Matthews. Or, yeah. You know, so we'll. Uh, I'd have to say there's definitely some stretch in that string because it's got a definite buzz when he shoots. That yeah. it's... Oh, that's just excitement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you never know where it's going to go. <laughs> where, where'd that hit? Each shot is an adventure with, with Frank. <laughs> well, well, especially chainsaw. I couldn't see. Yeah, so at least I can see where I missed this year. So yeah. I, yeah. I actually have quite the lineup of. I really got to get on this. I've been working on these projects around here. I need to get the uh, the string jig set up. and We got to get your bow built. We got to get Frank's bow built. Now you got another bow coming. Yeah. So I. <laughs> so, but that one will just be a straight up tune. Yeah. Um, that being said, so so we, I, I bought that, that carbon knight, um, and John's going to build a new string for it. Um, but we changed. Uh, kind of the way that we're going to um, approach that. Because we we at first thought, well, we'll just have them make a string for it, and then we'll we'll go ahead and, and, and show you guys how to tune it and do everything like that. But thinking, actually just taking a step back and looking at it. Right. So what we're going to, I mean, it came, and it's, they took the, they had it set up with a different rest and everything. They cut the rest off or cut the, the, uh, drop string on it and all that and they just threw the old might have been the original rest or one they had laying around just threw it on there so and the, we put it on the draw board and the cane the timing's a little off so what we're going to do is we're going to set that bow up we're going to put the rest on it that you know you're going to use we have a couple of them we have a qad and we have a uh, trophy, trophy taker. taker smackdown and so we're going to set the bow up get it tuned timed everything with the original strings and cables then I'll be able to mark the cams and go from there. So we'll, have, we'll start with a basically a baseline. And then once I build the new strings and cables, 
then we'll take them off, you know, one at a time, mark the cams, make sure everything's back tuned. And then we'll have a backup set of strings and cables for that bow when you go out west. So, and then we'll have, a, like I said, a baseline so that we're, we're not just completely, you know, going through the whole thing. And we'll kind of have a backup yeah. to a backup because I just bought, I just uh, ran into a um, diamond deploy sb which is basically the same bow as that that carbon knight um in the same configuration so the bear that i'm shooting is um a 60 pound bow and these ones are both 70 the arrows that i have right now are built for the for other 60. bow and so they're uh uh 300 spine 350 350 they're 350 spine uh so it's a little spine for 70 pounds, especially with the extra weight up front. So, um, I, I've got another set of arrows that I'm building anyway. So this way, everything will be interchangeable. Right. Um, It'll be basically just a swap out. What, what arrows did uh, we get for Chris? Uh, that the same ones that I'm shooting right now, the 350 spine black Eagle uh, outlaws. uh... So that's the thing too, like your black Eagles, um, the spine, as you go down, it gets stiffer Mm -hmm. where on, some of the arrows, some not sure which brands, but Carbon Express is, is as you go up, it go gets up. stiffer, stiffer. So, right. like, like my Carbon Express, I shoot the the stiffest one that they make, the three fifty. Yeah, but, isn't the but the the Eastons is like two fifty is there two sixty are the new ones okay. I just uh, ordered for my for my um, Western hunt. So those are super stiff. Yeah, so. You guys yeah, decided what heads you're going to shoot yet? We're working on. I have the muzzy trail cars. I'm going to test out, and I'm going to probably end up ordering uh, some of the slick slick trick standards, which are four blade. Yep. And, and I think I'm going to shoot. I'm going to order a set of the um, tooth of the arrow. Um, I'm pretty intrigued by those. And uh, my my dad is. He's always been a, a four blade. Right. Shooter. Uh, he's he switched, you know, he with the, um, I guess, the increase or the development of all the technology with uh, mechanicals. Um, he was against them for years and years and years for the jackknife style and, right. and all that. Basically, the way that, you know, kind of everybody everybody was at the time. And then they started to get better and get better. And um, he, he went to those, but... He's, I don't know. He's he's a little particular um, sometimes, and he was saying, you know, with the with the rages, uh, you know, they have a little bit of a rattle to them, and yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I'll agree with that. And um, the clips, he says, uh, you know, every time you take them in and out, the clips pop or right. something like that. And I I can see all those things, but um, so worst case scenario is that they're going to get used. You know, he 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 would like to try some out, so I'll, I'll get some of those and. And shoot them and, and see. I'm also, I'd, I'd like to try the VAPs too. Yeah. After seeing Green Tree's yeah, I, thing and, you know, and, you know, we were talking on one of the previous podcasts about the, the whole two blade thing, but well, we're shooting Rage, and those are two blade. So, right. and maybe that does explain, because there's been times where I've shot deer and they're, you know, a good kill shot. What was that deer you shot in Ohio? That was, yeah, that was with the Rage, the original Rage, and that was a terrible. I mean, blood trail. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I thought for sure I was going to watch that deer fall down and end up going over the hill and dying, but it, we didn't find it till the next day. You know, yep. it was, and I was like, man, and it hit right where, right behind the front shoulder. It was quartering to me a little bit, but it was still, I didn't get in the guts. It was just back and yeah, it was perfect I'll, shot. But. I'll tell you guys, you know, I, for years we shot Thunderheads. And, oh, that's and, man! I'm telling you, we kill kill a lot of deer with them. You know? Yeah, when we were talking about the and they flew good too. The broadheads. That's exactly what I said. I said, you know, Idaho's fixed blade only, and I said, I know that I can get a 125 grain right. thunderhead to shoot, but I think right. the technology's changed a little bit. Yeah, um, look, you know. the slick tricks or the I've shot the muzzy troll cars uh, the year before last, and then Jet shot them this year, and he didn't end up killing a deer but and they fly great they fly real good what'd it's you like, shoot that doe with this year i shot with the hypodermic or the oh. uh tripan <laughs> it was pretty devastating yeah but, different uh, shot angle too yeah, yeah. <laughs> frontal <laughs> shot mine but, was backle yeah <laughs> well mine ended up being in the back she ducked as i shot but it was crazy though that one i shot with the size of the hole, the entry hole, is, is amazing on them heads. And that was with a tripan. And so what are you going to be using for uh, for turkeys? Uh, probably the heads I'm shooting. I don't know. They're, you know, Those are, the tripans are great. I'm going to I'm gonna pull out that, yeah, the I, monster. John, Johnny's going to probably try and head shoot them, but, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll shoot them on the wing butt, you know. Well, well, I might even set up Jet's bow again, like I did last year, because now he's, Shit, he's 5'10", and his draw links, I could pretty much set it up for me to shoot. And it's a nice little light bow, and then I could shoot him with the... And the, he's got that Infinite Edge? Yeah, he's got the Infinite Edge Pro. And that goes to 31, 30? It goes to 30. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure 30, 70 pounds, and it's a great shooting little bow. And we, I put it on a the SmackDown rest, and he's got HHA sight, so upgraded the components a little bit, but... It's a great shooting bow, easy to tune. And they said I had those Magnus uh, bullheads shooting really good out of that. My bow, not so much. My bow is a little bit too too yeah, fast for I'm going to shoot those uh, Dead Ringer Super Freaks. Yeah. That'll do some damage. To but with a turkey, I mean, you don't need to shoot 70 pounds, you know. No. Especially my draw length, you know, 31, 31 and a half inch draw length, the way I had it set up. That's a lot of bow just to kill, you know, for a headshot. Yeah. That's a lot of broadhead flying through the air. And any little tweak and, you know, torque in your wrist, it's going to be tough to keep that thing flying straight. So maybe if I built one of those arrows like that, with the get some of the four-inch fusions and do a six-fletch. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I also have that, that big crossbow head that's four-inch four-inch cutting diameter that would be a, um, kind of going back and forth it's like 160 grains well wow well last year john was shooting really well in our league so i would say head shoot him all day <laughs> this year yeah i, I struggled know. with some target panic well not some i had one one good night really and you shot you shot actually uh, outside of the one where you shot Real consistent, good. Um, you shot better with the silverback. Oh yeah, absolutely. The silverback, I was, I didn't shoot 
you know, our scoring rings are 15, 10, 4, and 2. And on the small game league. And when I was shooting my regular release, which is the, the Carter wise choice, I was end up, I end up punching the trigger. I'd shoot like a 15, a 15, and all of a sudden shoot a 2 or miss the whole target. I was just, you know, couldn't get the fire or whatever and panic and just couldn't hold on it. And then, when I, then like the night I switched and shot the whole round with the silverback, I didn't shoot as many 15s, but I didn't shoot any 4s or 2s. or I mean, it was all in the kill zone. It was 10s and 15s, so it was, you know, way better. I could hold the pin. Consistency was yeah. better. Than yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was off a little bit, right. but it was all within the kill. I wasn't shooting any, you know, crazy shots, like completely missing the duck at seven yards, you know, foot over its back or shooting through the. I tried to yeah, explain that to you guys, you know, like uh, years ago when I used to shoot target all the time, you know, you don't realize mentally what happens to you after oh. a while. The better you get, the worse it gets. You know, well, that's as far as as far as your mind trying to tell you, you know, that was when thing. to shoot. I never, up until this year, I've never really struggled. Tar- I mean, I've always been able to hold the pin and, right. and steady. And then I don't. Maybe it was just a after reading, you know, reading articles and listening to the, all the podcasts, and it got in my head. And man, I'm sitting there, and I had all kinds of confidence going into the season this league and i was like oh that was a kick in the the gut yeah i you know for me i i don't really know um i i shot almost like exponentially better this year than last year you shot great you shot real good well but really good but the thing is is that like i don't i don't know i mean i shot i i probably shot like 40 to 50 points higher every every week than i did last year and like my worst week this this year was higher than my high week last year now i did upgrade my bow and and focus a little bit more on form but you upgraded your site though too i did i did and and that probably had a, a lot to do with it but i still felt like i wasn't shooting as good as i could have and and that's what i find is funny is like there was a few you know bobbles yeah but and a lot of but and one thing i learned from frank like long ago shooting is like i think you know we're we're nowhere near like expert shooters or like (laughs) you know anything like that but i can generally tell you like where the arrow is going to go before it hits like if i may like when i make a shot that feels like a good shot and it doesn't go where it's supposed to, then, then I'm surprised. But like a lot of times if I'm starting to collapse or I was still moving up or, or whatever, I wasn't like locked in. Like I can generally tell where, where it's going to go. You know, when it, when I, when I feel like I make a good shot, that that's, what's more important to me than really where it goes. Cause generally at that point it's, it's going where I, where I aimed it, you know? Right. But the, the the site yeah probably i mean I, I i would probably like a smaller pin um but i don't know yeah well that's the one thing i went to the the last year i shot the hha with the 10 the you know 10 thousandth pin and shot 
pretty pretty good i mean and then this year i switched over everything i went to the um the accustat with the ten thousandths blue and i'm gonna tell you right now i could not see the pin unless i had the light well that's a that's a really good point okay so for (laughs) for for regular dudes who are looking at what site do i want to buy or you you look at this because you go dive deep right you have more money in batteries for that site than oh yeah yeah so the the site if you order the the light for that accustat it's 30 bucks well then the batteries die i mean they don't last long at all maybe four hours or something and so if you accidentally leave it on and that's one thing too about it is like it's just that little rheostat twist on the end. I've bumped it or put it in my bow case or just bumped it and it's so once it's on, it's turned on, on and it stays on yeah. and then they're dead. And then you go to buy the batteries. Well, if you go like Walgreens or like our local grocery store Myers, they sell them, but they're five ninety nine or four ninety nine a piece. So you end up spending, you know, buying three batteries. You got eighteen twenty bucks just in the batteries. You can almost buy another freaking light. How, so, how long have I had my Apex? Two years? You bought it last year. Last year. So a yeah, so whole year. Year and a half. Yeah. Year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can turn that site on. Right. And that site shuts off after an hour. Right. Or and, and I've hunted I've hunted two full seasons with it. Yep. And I leave it on the entire if I sit all day, you know what I mean? My site's on all day. Right. Well that's got that's got a micro LED in it. Yeah. So it's not shining on anything. Right. So there's very little current or, you know, that doesn't. But it, it amazes me that that thing. Yeah, that that you know, is a, that's great. Where mine, it shines through the housing, the mm-hmm. scope housing right. onto the, the filaments. But that one thing with that, there's just not enough fiber optic wrap on that site. So one thing, it's not very bright. Go outside and it's fine. But I'm also shooting the blue, and it's a ten. So, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. going to be a, a smaller, lighter dot than the bright greens. And why did you go with the blue? I wanted to try the blue. I didn't want the bright, big bright. I mean, like I said, outside it works great, but inside not so much. I was tempted on buying one of the Target LED, but they're like 150 bucks. But they have rechargeable batteries, and they shut off, and they have different brightness, and it just screws into the back and. You just uh, either zip tie it or Velcro it right on the side of your uh, sight bracket. But, but yeah, actually this this uh, for this league, my best score I shot. I got there and my batteries were dead, so maybe that just helped with my <laughs> target. I was focusing on you know my trying to see the pen. No, I was focusing <laughs> more on my uh, shot process and everything, and just in that. That night it felt awesome, and I ended up shooting like a three ninety four, which was you know, I think <laughs> out the of high four twenty. Yeah, the the highest score in the league was a three ninety five, so I was one point behind that. But then the next week I shot like a freaking three hundred, it just fell apart again. Yeah, that's archery, man. But but yeah, and I was the other thing too this year. Last year I did a lot of shooting in between, you know, like during throughout the week. I was always flinging arrows. And then this year, 
I was just, I've been busy working on projects and stuff and the weather was real crappy and I, I pretty much didn't do any shooting in between. And that has a definite effect, especially if, if you go out, you know, on our Wednesday night league and I'm like, man, I shot like crap. And then you don't shoot anything in between and show, show up. That's like stuck in your head. You're mm-hmm. the, the mental part of it. I'm like, man, I shot like crap last week, but I didn't do anything in between to try to fix it. So. Well, and also you were switching around your arrows and all sorts of different things. So your, your tape wasn't exactly. Oh yeah. My tape at the beginning of the, the league, yeah, I was, was just switching over from my hunting arrows to my indoor arrows and yeah, my tape was off and then I don't know what happened. I, maybe my cable stretched a little bit or something with my tune. But that's the thing too. Last year, I was messing with my bow pretty much every week. I was doing something and I was shooting it, shooting it. And so it was always, maybe it's, I had more confidence because I was like, I know my bow's on, so it's on me. And then going into this, I ended up, I had to mess with my tape and my. Yeah, it ended up being like a scapegoat or like a crutch. You're like, oh, well, the tape's off. So, <laughs> right. you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't even know where they're going. So, so but yeah, it was. It was on me. I, it was definitely, I could, I could not hold my pin on the kill zone. So we got about a month from tomorrow. That's when our, uh, our turkey season starts. Yep. So I'm going to need John to build me two bows. And Frank's got to get his new cam. So John's got two sets of strings to build three tunes possibly four yeah and then jason's yeah jason's is no hurry he i don't think he's even gonna turkey hunt if he does i can still get him set up but just a matter the, the only thing that's or one of the things that's a drawback for my i mean i have everything here except for a bow press which that really hinders me when you're starting to build a string and doing all the stuff it's really nice to be able to do it right here all in one so if you were going to buy one what would you buy i'd probably up just getting the last chance like the easy press but the x press i think would probably be the best because that one you don't do any you don't have to change the the fingers or you know like with the last chance archery you have like the regular fingers they're like aluminum with rubber coating on the end and those are for most of your traditional style bows or without the you know beyond parallel limbs but then when you go to the hoits like my double xl you have to use the special fingers that slip on and they have like the almost like they come with all those no that's the problem you have to buy the the uh, hoit adapters or the parallel limb adapters separate really and they're like 200 30 bucks or something for just those because so. wow, the easy press is only like 350 bucks right? it depends they have all different they have easy they have the green the gold or whatever the deluxe the power i mean you can spend all the way up to like 900 if you get like the pro version with the i think they might even come with those now but you're talking almost thousand dollars so so there's so there's no no press that takes care of every bow yeah the x press x press x press that's that'll got, do them all that's got the wheels, and yeah. you adjust. It's all adjustable. It's got. That'll do it's your like, Hoyt then too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, how much is the X Press? That's about eight hundred bucks without a stand and stuff. So, so you're looking at you're looking at three hundred and some bucks for the other press, and then two hundred and fifty or three hundred right. for the you know the fingers. You know that's for one bow. What's nice about the X Press also is that you can it's got little clamps. You put the bow in it, and you can push it out, and you can work on your bow right there. Yeah. Where with like the last chance. You don't, it's just, it's holding it by the It's limbs. holding it by the tension. Oh. So. So basically, it you put it in one side and then you wheel it down over you. here and then it. Yeah, you hold the bow, you get it up in there and you hold the bow and crank it and then it starts to compress the limbs. Where the X-Press, you put it on, you put it in and it's got little fingers that come out that are adjustable and a push button and, and then you see it clamps the bow into the press. And then it's got two rods that come up in the cross or the X. That's where mm-hmm. it comes to X press. And it's got four wheels. And the wheels are on a threaded rod. And so you can adjust the width with the wheel of the wheels. So that's, you know, if you got a real narrow bowl like your Carbon Knight, you've got to wheel them in tight. Or if you got the wide, like the New Hoyts or the, the Matthews Halons with that real wide limb, then you can wheel them out. But then you, so that, and there's all kinds of videos out there on how to set them up for each bow and stuff like that. So, and even with the last chance, but it's just, I could build one. I could build easily, build, I could go down to Harbor Freight and buy a trailer jack for 50 bucks. It's a heavy duty. It's, it's almost, it looks just like the easy press, uh, the main body of it. It's got an adjustable length or height. But then it's, I still have to have the fingers. So if I could weld some square tube on it, you know, build the U-shape. But then unless I have someone that can machine me some fingers and all the stuff, I'm going to end up spending 240 bucks on a set of brackets. But I guess that would still be, I'd be under 300 then, building it myself. But Maybe it's something we ought to look into then. Yeah, for sure. I you, definitely you got. Need, you definitely need to press here. You know? Yeah, it's not practical to be driving back and forth, back, right, especially right, when right. we want to do. We want to film it. Right. We want to get it on film, yeah, and you want to you want to do something. We're right here in the shop. You know? Right. So I, you know, it'd be really nice yeah. to be able to mount it right here on this one, right. the carpeted bench, and then be able to work on it, and then have you know, it's way nicer to be able to serve your string and do all the stuff right on the jig, and get it super tight. You don't have to worry about so I can pull the string right off. Especially on the Hoyts, it's a pain in the butt to try to reserve your center string or your center serving with that the zero torque cable guard. <laughs> it's right in the way. When you can pop it off, but that's you know it's almost just as easy to throw the bow in the press, pop the string off, throw it on the on the jig, stretch it out, reserve it. Yeah, well, that's something that we're definitely going to have to look into then. Yeah. I'll, I'll get looking into it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm I'm kind of the the guy that comes over with all the stuff. Hey, I got this. Hey, I got that. Got one of these. It's showing up on this day. <laughs> so. Well, we got a whole bunch of stuff on our order right now for the out trip. So I yep. got game so, bags coming, some new camo I got to check out. And yeah, so. Still got to get the tents ordered. So so coming up, we'll have uh, 
we'll have a little bit more gear. Uh, but like I said, for this one, I just wanted to, I guess, kind of back into the, the turkey, Midwestern type right. uh, type hunting. Um, yeah, we're we're going to be talking here with the guys uh, from down south, um, from, from Chase and Tails here uh, in about two weeks. The, next weekend is the end of their season. Um, so we'll get the, the full recap on, uh, on their turkey hunt and hopefully we'll, we'll, also, we'll also be able to we'll seal also, the deal. Sorry. We'll also have, um, the guys from death by archery. They're actually down on a hog hunt right now in Georgia. And so Ben Freed, uh, Mark Metema, Mark Metema, uh, Adam Ingweiler, Adam Ingweiler. We'll have those guys on and, uh, well, those are some local guys from this area and we'll get some sure good stories from those guys so i'm looking forward to having them guys on yeah they've got a pretty cool deal they've got uh an apparel company um that probably has one of the coolest like logos for their for their business it is it is really cool so i mean if you guys just you can google death by archery and and, check check, facebook check out that they actually just they have some really cool arrow wraps they're like 10 inch white ones so you could trim them down or you know yeah, Chris was talking about those. But yeah, I might even build those. My uh, might even use those for my elk hunt. Or cool. Snack set of arrows. Yeah, so, so it'll be fun to talk to those guys and a good bunch of guys. I know I know Mark pretty well. So, and then you know Ben. Yep, went to school with Ben. So. Yep. So th- those yeah, are good Adam guys. Craig's son. Yeah, Adam. He was the, yeah. the son of the, our local archery shop here called right. Angler Archer for years. Was yeah. I, I grew up with Craig, so his dad. So, so yeah, we'll be talking to those guys, and I'm I'm getting my brother um, to get his crew um, rounded up to talk about uh, their trips. They go out uh, whitetail hunting out out west, South Dakota, um, Nebraska, and uh, as far as like messing up things, uh, my brother <laughs> missed a. And we, we talked about it when we were talking about John tuning tuning his bow poorly um <laughs> <laughs> that my brother missed uh what, what he says is a booner so and it's a, re- a really good story they had uh they had two kills i think they had four uh four or six guys go out there uh two guys were successful and then my brother um should have been should have been <laughs> a couple times um but yeah that, that's what we've got coming up here and we're getting ready for turkey season So uh, I think that's pretty much uh, all we've got uh, for today's uh, episode. All right. All right. All right. Good. We'll talk to you later. See ya.